Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Indeed, it is, Adam Schefter. Some people are questioning the NFL's priorities. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're coming at you from Lower Manhattan. We're looking at the Brooklyn Bridge if you're watching us on television with the sun having come up. Priorities for the NFL are one thing. You can question their motives. You certainly can't question the motives of everything that's going on with the V Foundation for Cancer Research today, the first day of V Week. If you can give, it's as simple as going to v.org slash donate now. For those of you too young or for younger listeners or newer listeners, Jim Valvano is the head coach of North Carolina State's 1983 NCAA championship team, one of the Biggest miracles in college basketball history, stunning five slamajama in Houston on March 4th, 1993. He gave an SB speech for the ages. He had been diagnosed with cancer at the age of 46 and passed away at the age of 47. I want to mention this is the first day of December. We all know um, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I'm not sure many people knew that November was Lung Cancer Awareness Month. And 20% of people that get lung cancer never smoke. And so this is a affliction cancer that is affecting people that had nothing to do with it, never asked for it. Sometimes it's hereditary. Sometimes it's otherwise. It's the second most common cancer in both men and women, lung cancer. As we turn the calendar here to the 1st of December, we want to mention during V-Week, the UFC and ESPN are honoring Stuart Scott's memory by supporting his cancer research fund. It funds minority researchers and the research of why some cancers are more likely to impact some minority populations. We're actually seeing that with the coronavirus, where it's affecting the minority community at an exponential rate. If you're able, again, to give this important cause a little bit of cash, anything you can give, v.org slash Stuart. In this particular case, v.org slash Stuart with 100% of your proceeds going directly to cancer research with the V Foundation having handed out about a quarter of a billion with the B with regards to research grants. And Jay, I want to get into this because cancer does not discriminate. We just talked about funding some minority research, whether you're white, black, old, young, Asian, Hispanic, rural, suburban, urban, red, blue, RD, whatever it is, cancer affects everybody, right? Chadwick Boseman died at the age of 43, one of the great actors uh, just had his, his birthday time. last, I think it was yesterday or the day before. 43. Stuart Scott, who we just mentioned, the late Stuart Scott, um, died at the age of 49. His beautiful daughter's carrying on his words. Jim Valvano died at the age of 47. Alex Trebek died at the age of 80. That's white, that's black, that's American, that's Canadian. It affects everybody of all walks of life. And, um, you know, I worked with Stu for uh, a little bit, and I know you and him both shared a love for the National Basketball Association. So if there's anything that you'd like to say with regards to your relationship with Stu that might just get somebody to say, I know it's tough right now. I'm trying to get my kids in school. I'm trying to get a coronavirus test. I'm trying to put food on the table. Yeah. But if you get $5 and maybe Stu is the impetus to make that happen. Yeah, obviously there's a, there's a lot going on in our world right now. But uh, like you said, Zubin, so eloquently uh, to be able to carve off a slice to give towards uh, a cause like this, I think is, is extremely beneficial. You know, for me, um, Stuart Scott was always somebody I watched on TV, yeah. and I knew he was a diehard North Carolina fan. I got to tell you, when I got drafted, though, I had my draft party key at a place here called Metronome in New York. And uh, I, I'm with my friend, Graham Bond, and I'm literally, I look over at the bar, and there's Stuart Scott at the bar at my draft party. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? Stuart Scott? Is that my draft party? So I literally go, and I take a bottle of Moet. I grab one for myself. My friend Graham grabs one, and I bring one over to Stuart Scott. And I say, hey, man, I just want to say I've, I've been a big fan of yours. He's like, look, man, I'm a diehard Carolina fan, but you're a bad boy. I wish you the best of luck. And we all, literally, I handed him a bottle, and we all clicked bottles together. And we drank mm-hmm. together for a while and hung out. And I went on, did my thing. 
Uh, and then obviously when I came here to ESPN, you know, going 10 plus years ago, um, you know, he was one of the first people to reach out to me, always gave me advice. We always kicked it. We talked hoops. He always told me to go forward and, and keep working hard. He said, if anything with your life, you've learned how to persevere through adversity. Um, then, uh, you know, obviously losing him January 4th, 2015 was a, a painful moment for just not me, but for a lot of people, especially watching uh, his family and the way they handled that with such strength. And I think when you, you see somebody like him continue to fight each and every day and not allow that disease to dictate the narrative of who he is in his life, right? To show that, hey, in the face of adversity, I'm going to look it in the eye and I'm going to keep fighting every day and fight for the ones he loves. That's so inspiring. And I know, I know we're going through a lot of stuff today. But when you when you think about what we're going through, you think about people like Stuart Scott or anybody that you've seen fight this whole thing, they keep fighting it and they look it in the eye and they, they don't back down from it and they refuse to let that narrative dictate who they are in their lives. And uh, if that doesn't inspire you to, to fight more each day, I don't I don't know what will. I think that's very well said. I should also mention that, you know, this is a simple Google search for those of you too young to remember Valvano's speech at the ESPYs in 1993. Stu also had a legendary ESPY speech of his own near the end of his life. You saw him on the stage. He was still powerful in so many ways, but he looked gaunt. His daughters are up there with him on the stage. And the one thing I want to just mention about Stuart is his daughters have essentially carried on, <clears throat> excuse me, his legacy. And what's important there is what people don't think about with regards to cancer. It's the people that get it. It's the children that get it. It's the sympathy that we have. But there's a huge issue that's happening with the coronavirus that's also affected cancer across the board, and that is the state, the mental state of the caregivers. When you have cancer, you go to the hospital and somebody takes care of you, and people don't think about that person enough. Think about all the things that that person is seeing, all the love and sympathy that in some cases... They're a stranger. They're a nurse. You've never met them. You'll never meet them again once you check out of that hospital. Those people deserve tremendous praise. V.org slash donate 100% of your proceeds. If you can, 100% goes right to research. And we, we, we need people to donate. And Zubin, like I haven't dealt with cancer, but my mom's obviously been in and out of hospital a ton the past two and a half, three years. And when you're there, you're meeting different doctors. They're asking the same questions over and over again. It's mentally taxing it's challenging to do and uh you you said it properly man you said it properly thank you and i'll give you one last note on the way out the door here which is something to remember in the world in which we're all living whether you're eight or 80 this is the toughest year to be alive for anybody whether you run the gamut of young or old and that is simple as this you're seeing all these stories about moderna you're seeing all these stories about pfizer you're seeing all these stories about BioNTech. you're seeing all these stories about extreme emergency authorization to get these coronavirus vaccines done in record speed in times we've never seen before. We are still waiting for a cancer vaccine or a straight cure. But if it happens, and this seems grandiose, but what I'm about to say I think is almost a little bit underwhelming, it would be one of the greatest innovations in the history of the modern world if it happened. This is a virus that creeped up 102 years since we had the Spanish flu. They've got a vaccine ready to go. But if they could have it for cancer, whether it's bile duct cancer, retinoblastoma, breast cancer, liver cancer, anything, if it could be eradicated in any way, it would be one of the greatest moments in the history of the planet. And the best way to do it is to just keep funding research. There are brilliant men and women out there. They got this coronavirus vaccine done in record time. We have amazing men and women out there. Give them the resources they need. And maybe one day, Jim Valvano, Stuart Scott will be looking down and saying, I paid the price, but boy, 
it was worth it. My legacy lives on. Again, v.org slash donate. We'll be back with more Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin right after this. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Lucky number seven. Some people go top ten. Some people go top five. College football goes top 25. Key goes top seven. Why? Because it's Key's rankings. Here we go, Key's Yeah, that is, that is correct. But before we get started, yeah, I want to let everybody know that go the ahead. Pittsburgh Steelers are not in. What? They have been taken off the board. Why? So they're not part of my top seven. Why? Because they haven't played a game yet since last Sunday or two Sundays ago. They missed Thanksgiving on Thursday, and they don't play until tomorrow night. So we can reshuffle the deck after tomorrow. Let's just put, push back all the Steelers games for another two weeks. And then they'll keep be doing, keep then, doing that NFL. And then keep they'll pushing be, it back. And then they'll be pushed back even more. But here we go. Lucky number seven find themselves in the rankings of the Minnesota Vikings after a tough win like on that. Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. They Settle down, Kirk. Settle down. They certainly needed to, you know, figure out how to get things going. A late heroic touchdown throw from Kirk Cousins ended that. Ended up winning that football game, so to speak, against the Carolina Panthers. So Crazy game. They find themselves at number seven. You like that? <laughs> you like that? You like that? Numero says <laughs> At number six, the Minnesota Vikings. The team that I obviously picked. I'm sorry, the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. The team that I picked Uh-oh. to win the division, but yet and still... They're kind of right there. They took care of business with the Indianapolis Colts. Derrick Henry, some would say, one needs to be in the MVP conversation. If he can rush for 2,500 yards, I'll put him in the MVP conversation. Don't think that's going to happen right now. But at least he has his team at number six in my rankings. Numero cinco. That would be number five from Jay Will. The Tennessee Titans is not there, but it's the Buffalo Bills. They find themselves sitting at five. After taking care of business against many teams in the National Football League, Josh Allen is certainly dealing and willing. He's starting to play like I think they envision. They should win the AFC East, and if they do, they're going to be a tough out come playoff time. Numero cuatro or four. Or, or four, if you want to say that. Seattle. We watched Seattle last night, and we watched DK Metcalf go nuts. We watched our guy and Russell Wilson's do what he does best, lead his team to a victory against the Philadelphia Carson Wentz-led 
Eagles, which some people wouldn't believe it would be that hard to do, even though Philadelphia tried to hang in there, Wentz winced it at the end of the game, and Russell Wilson, D.K. Metcalf, and Pete Carroll got out of there, so they find themselves at number four. Numero tres. That would be number three, the Green Bay Packers. Mm. Relax, as Aaron Rodgers would say. Indeed. No matter who the receivers are, he certainly continues to get it done. The Chicago Bears was his latest victim, and that we watched – Oh, look at that throw. Wow. Just a thing of beauty. Very scary team come playoff time. Very scary football team in the pack come playoff time. Next up, my NBA draft status in 2002. Number two. There you go. Well, it's nepotism all day long. It's the New Orleans Saints and Taysom Hill. It ain't even necessarily my nephew or Michael Thomas. It's Taysom Hill. They haven't missed a beat. Change the offense up a little bit. Not a lot of passing yardage, but they're getting it done the way they know how, playing defense and mixing things up on the offensive side of the ball, although they did play against the Denver Broncos, and me, you, and Zubin could have won that game against them based on not having a quarterback. Zubin, what number was Keyshawn drafted? Uno. Number one. The number one team in the land is the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City went to Tampa and just went nuts. Tyreek Hill, record-breaking performance in the first quarter. Ended up with 260-plus yards, three touchdowns, and Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my God. I've, I've seen them all. I've seen them all. All the great ones, I've seen them in my era, not in the 1960s. But the great <laughs> ones in my era, and Patrick Mahomes by far is at the top of that list. And those are Keys Real Rankings. Give me one second while I turn off the SAP button on my set here for just one second. Go back to full-scale English. Okay, I've got it. I've punched the button. We're ready to go. So, obviously, Key's got the Packers moving up from four to three, a bump up from one ranking from last week to this week. You remember when Matt LaFleur took the job, his first year on the job last year, Aaron Rodgers and him just simply weren't on the same page. There was a lot of friction. Then suddenly they go to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, they get housed, but they exceeded expectations. This year they looked great. Aaron Rodgers was phenomenal in the resumption of the league's oldest rivalry on Sunday night. Suddenly all that little friction between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers Rodgers, it is over. Listen to the floor gushing on Rodgers' performance Sunday night. This is as good as I've ever seen anybody play. Just his ability to go out there and, and get us in the right looks. And uh, shoot, even when I make a bad call, he definitely makes us look good. So that's a credit to him. Uh, he is playing, in my my eyes, as a, he's an MVP player, no doubt about it. And I, w- I wouldn't want any other quarterback on our football team. Yeah, well... See, here's what I would say about that that little, I don't know, uh, tit-for-tat deal that went on a year ago with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. Was there really anything there? Was there really anything there? Or, or were people watching the body language and kind of saying that Matt LaFleur is in for one because at the end, Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers didn't see eye to eye. And when they won that first game, Aaron Rodgers and the team celebrated with – Petman, the defensive coordinator, by dumping the water buckets on him. Right. So is that why we took that? Then they drafted a quarterback in the in the first round of this year's past draft in Jordan Love, and we said it's the end of Aaron Rodgers. Is that why? Because clearly I don't follow it that way. I've always felt like Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to get a lot of, especially from quarterbacks, you're not getting I don't like this guy. You got to read between the lines with QBs. 
because they, 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 they want this mystery out there about who they are, what their personalities are, and I'm the leader of the team. So Aaron Rodgers is never going to say, I love the coach, he's the greatest ever, and he's never going to say, I don't like this guy, get him out of here. So people try to source through it. Then they go out there and they draft a quarterback instead of a receiver that most people thought, you know, oh, they need a receiver. They only got Devontae Adams. If you really watch the Green Bay Packers, they had receivers. They just kept getting hurt. They had receivers. Whether it was St. Brown, whether it was Devontae, whether it was Lazar, they had guys. And so everybody just assumed that they didn't get along. Well, I think people are changing their tunes now. And now you hear the head coach come out and say he would, he don't want any other quarterback. Is he lying to us? I would say no. Jay, you have an NBA comp here that you could sort of form with Rodgers. I just feel like they are the San Antonio Spurs of the NFL, right? Uh, all their guys are homegrown. When you think about, you know, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, uh, guys that have grew up in the organization, right? Guys that they have drafted in the second round. Hey, these are our guys long-term, very similar to the Spurs. Uh, they're not a flashy team, with the exception of Aaron Rodgers, who will make a flashy play every once in a while. That's typically how the Spurs won their championships. They have an incredible fan base. They're always in the mix. And they're, like, they're not in a large market. Like, I, just, I feel like they've won championships. They have four Super Bowls. The uh, San Antonio Spurs have five NBA titles. It just feels like there are so many similar comparisons. And each and every year, they just win. Like You, you wonder how they do it. You know, the question is, that they need more wide receivers, what's up with their defense? They still find ways to win. It just seems like they're the San Antonio Spurs of the NFL. Well, they, they I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good comp if you look at another yeah, I feel sport. like that, you're setting that up like to knock it down a little bit. You're like, no. well, that's an okay comp. No, no, I'm but. saying that's a good comp. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just not like. You're not excited about that? No, I, I guess for me. <laughs> Your whole body energy just kind of <laughs> just went out the window. No, well, see, you know, that's a decent comp. Because I, you know, I I find myself sometimes, <clears throat> even though I'm I'm in this with y'all, whatever y'all want to call this sports talk radio media, whatever y'all call it with y'all name tags on the bottom say media, I get it. I'm in it with y'all, but sometimes I remove myself from it, and I look at it from a player's objective and perspective and I look at it and I say I always expected this from them yeah. it's not like I never went into the season saying Green Bay gonna be good or Green Bay's gonna be no Green Bay's going to be fine and and so and I'm not the type of person as we always talk about Jay on and off line I don't follow the narrative of what everybody else do when everybody else starts saying ah, right, I'm like y'all just doing that because somebody else is doing it I never ever thought that they needed another receiver. I just never thought but, that. But and he, I always thought a guy who goes, I think he was, what was he, 26-3 and three last year, interception, touchdown interception ratio? Yeah, like 26-4, something like 26, that. 26-3, yep. 26-4. A guy that does that and takes his team to the NFC Championship game, I mean, like, with a first-year head coach, like, come on, who in their right mind would want to remove Aaron Rodgers from their team despite what diva is he is, despite it, and if the, he's a diva or not, despite it. I think one thing that Jay really brings up, which is instructive, is that, Key, you know this, and that is the old, <clears throat> the old Packers general manager, Ron Wolf. Yes, Ron. Right? 
to your point, Jay said homegrown, right? That was his strategy. Yes, Every year. They did sign the late, great Reggie White, which is one of the greatest free agent signings in NFL history. Free agency a little bit different back then than it is now. But the fact is they had a plan, and it worked for them. And even though Ron Wolf has departed that particular position, they have stuck to that plan. To your point, the narrative is go sign free agents. Let's get splashy in the draft. Let's hoard all these draft picks. Let's trade up. Same thing with the Spurs. We are who we are. We're not going to get a bunch of free agents. We have our system. We're going to do it. So whether it worked in the NBA to the tune of five NBA championships or to the tune of the Green Bay Packers, when you have a plan and it's working, tunnel vision is not the worst thing in the world. And, And what Ron did for many years is he would draft a quarterback every single year because he would feel that there's not enough of them. And he would wind up maybe moving them, trading them. So he has assets and pieces there. And people just... It's so funny, though, the world that we live in now. It's just like as soon as something happens, the first thing people, ah, this is what's going on. It's like, no, that's not really what's going on. Not at all. Well, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And like like I said before, as long as you have Aaron Rodgers, he he makes things happen, man. He's such a – he is the he's the queen on the chessboard. He can move in so many different directions, and he's a game changer. Could you imagine the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers? The only reason why you could imagine the Green Bay Packers without Brett Favre in the end is because you finally saw Aaron Rodgers. But you couldn't imagine the Green Bay Packers in the end without seeing Aaron Rodgers. Once you saw him, it was like, okay, I get it. I understand. I I see why they moved on from Brett. Because even when they moved on from Brett, Brett was still cooking at that point. He just was one foot in, one foot out. I don't know if I'm coming. I don't know if I'm going. Right. And so it was like, okay, well, they're tired of dealing with that. They moved on to the guy they drafted in the first round. But we don't really know what that guy is. Oh, we do know what he is. Now, smart move by him. Smart move by him. You know that Jordan Love ain't nowhere near close to Aaron Rodgers. Indeed. Two things there. Rodgers said, I'm not worried about who they draft because nobody can beat me out anyway, which I love that <laughs> I swagger. Love and the second thing. Same boss. way I always felt too. Such right? a boss. <laughs> love the confidence. And the second thing to Jay's point, I just actually thought of this, and I think it's just so interesting that he chose the Spurs, right? Throughout the entire Spurs dynasty, and I understand there's Kawhi there on the end. I get it when Kawhi was the NBA Finals MVP in their last championship. But for the majority of the time that Coach mm-hmm. Pop has been there, it has been two guys. Duncan and Robinson. And for the majority of the time here in the last 25 years for the Packers, it has been two guys. Brett Favre, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. So I, I think that like. comparison is very apt. And, and they're getting ready at some point. They're getting ready to extend this dude. Oh, no doubt. They're going to extend he's gonna him. Play into his 40s. He's going to play Yeah, he's going to pick up another $250 million real quick from him. <laughs> Watch what I tell you. It's coming. It's coming. I smell it right around the corner, Jay. Mm. They're going to turn it in with no problem at all because – who wouldn't want this dude, man? I agree. I would take him with his left arm because it's probably good, too. I don't know if it's as good as Mahomes, but we'll have to wait and see. I would certainly give Aaron Rodgers the benefit of the doubt. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Speaking of the Packers, on the way, we'll be joined by a former Packers center and a Super Bowl champion wow. all in one. He'll join us on the Shell Fenzoil performance line. But first, a little sports center. Need four from the 15. Wentz throwing, and there's the interception. In the end zone, Quandre Diggs flies, Seahawks fly in the Philadelphia end zone. 
I love it. Levy was like, when's it coming? When's it coming? Oh, there it is. There like it he is. was getting ready. <laughs> like he was getting ready to break the all-time record for something good, right? Oh, Steve, that was good. Oh, the Seahawks win 23-17 on Monday Night Football. DK Metcalf balled out again, 177 receiving yards. Man. Seahawks back in first in the NFC West. The Eagles are now falling out of first place in the NFC East. The AFC North, Ravens-Steelers. It's finally going to happen, we think. It was supposed to happen Thanksgiving, then Sunday, uh, then today. Now it's going to happen tomorrow under the, well, it's actually not under the lights. It's at 3.40 p.m. Eastern time, so plenty of daylight will be out there. You can see the game broadcast on NBC. Steelers not thrilled about all of this. They've been run through the ringer, whether it's having their Tennessee game delayed with the Titans outbreak or the Ravens. With Baltimore, yeah, just play football, man. They're trying to That's get what to they're trying to do. They're trying. They're trying to play. Operative trying, and we will try to get fired up for college hoops. Jay won't have any problem with that. Michigan State at Duke tonight in front of an empty Cameron Indoor Stadium at the Champions Classic. Kansas, Kentucky at Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indy, which is important because it could be a dry run for the NCAA tournament. You could see the championship game decided at Bankers Life Fieldhouse if they go all Indy in March Madness 2021. Both games on ESPN, and before. The doubleheader begins. It's the second edition of the college football playoff rankings with Reese Davis and the gang. And that is your <laughs> Sports Center update. <laughs> that was Lou Riddick last night, Monday night football after the game of Sports Center. Scott Van Pelt breaking down the latest Eagles devastating loss. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin were presented by Progressive That's Insurance. We're coming to you live from the Seaport District at what Pier 17. What? Brought to you by Chase. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, and I got to tell you this. Key has been okay saying it so we can have some fun with it. There is no more of a diva position in the NFL than the wide receiver position. You've been able to say that. That's okay, right? <laughs> in the NFL? No. Way to tell him that he's okay with us saying Quarterbacks that. more than wide receivers? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they just don't get the criticism. But quarterbacks? Man, them selfish boy, don't get me started. Okay. Jeff will tell you. Well, that's why I wanted to mention you never hear it from offensive linemen, but our guy Jeff Saturday, who joins us on the Shell Penzoil performance line, he went straight diva. He's like, You better put me in this segment of the show, because I got plenty to say. Don't cut me off. And Jeff is with us, the wait, Super wait, Bowl. Zubin, can go Jeff ahead. answer the question? Jeff, Jeff go ahead. who's more sensitive or more diva like? Wide receivers or quarterbacks? Wide receivers, it ain't even oh. close, man. <laughs> hey, but, but okay, so you, you're gonna close. you're gonna ask a guy. You're gonna ask the you guy. You just told us to ask Hold him. on, no, I know I did, but you're gonna really think to ask this guy who protect quarterback, protected quarterbacks for a damn living. Who's more sensitive? You're going to ask him that, and you really think he's going to go against QBs and Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning, one of his best friends, man. You think he's going to give you the goods on Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers? Come on, stop. Sounds sensitive, Keith. No, I'm I'm not sensitive. I'm joking. Jeff knows. Hey, listen. We know. We listen, Key. We know now. We know them, them receivers. First of all, you're always open. I've, I've always. never heard a wide receiver ever <laughs> think they're covered. Them dudes can have triple coverage. They're still always open, and they're coming back to the huddle complaining about they ain't feed me. They want to feed somebody. They ain't trying to pay me, man. They ain't trying to pay me. That's every. That's every good wide receiver you ever play with, and that's what you want. But that's what makes them great. Oh, <laughs> going back to the huddle when saying those things. Speaking of going to the huddle, Jeff, what is going on with the Buccaneers offense? We watched them 
the other day. Uh, I feel like I almost said a Sunday night game because it was a 425 game and it was dark and it felt like the Sunday night game against Kansas City. What's going on with the offense? You know, listen, th- this is an offense that's predicated on protection first, right? Like when you think about the style that Bruce Arians has run and really what Tom Brady ran in New England is everything was based around protection and you're just not seeing it right now. There's too many free rushers coming through. You know, Brady's not comfortable. You even saw the interception. Um, and I think Tony Romo even made mention of it, right? He and the receiver, I think it was Evans, aren't on the same page. He's not turning around on the hot route or not separating enough or getting wide enough on his route. It's all all of those things, but I would I would liken it back to they haven't practiced it, right? I mean, and, and everybody, here's the part that really bothers me. Everybody's like, oh, if they had motion, this would fix the problem. I, I'm not sure I'm not sure what brain trust thinks that's that's the truth, but you start motioning, guys, you have no idea where, where the blitz is coming from, who's bringing what, who's responsible for what, and they haven't had time to practice those things. So, in my opinion, with, with what they're doing, they need to figure out, are we a throw-hot team or are we a block-it-up team? And and you made mention, right? I played with Peyton for a long time. He was a block it up guy. He wanted to know how every potential rusher was going to get picked up in our blocking scheme. Aaron Rodgers, just the opposite, right? He didn't care if a guy was coming free off the edge. He wanted to be able to manipulate the pocket, move out, and buy time. So that that was there's completely two different styles. But I can tell you this about Tom Brady. He ain't a move it out of the pocket guy. That guy is four yards behind the center, and he's a statue. So you better figure out how to block this thing up and help this offense because you can't make the throws down the field and he's already not accurate doing it anyway but you can't make those throws if there's guys in your face and trying to make those plays it just doesn't fit they this week in the bye week man they got to work on that thing I think that's really where it starts Jeff it just feels like every time I watch Tom in the past when he had a legit running game in the play action it just helped relieve right and he wasn't throwing a lot of deep balls too How, how much of this do we need to put on Bruce Arians I mean, I think the I think the burden should be on on all of them. I mean, listen, you're in it together, right? I mean, whether it's Bruce Arians and and Leftwich and Brady and you know, I mean, Tom Moore, you can I mean, name all of them. like who offensive line, like like the whole group has to has to kind of own this. The one thing I would say about last week's game is Kansas City got to such a hot hot start, it was tough to even get the run game going, right? Because you're playing from such a deficit. But you know, what they had five rushes the week before. I think it was the the lowest ever in NFL history. History. Again, that's not going to bode well for this type of offense. And you make a great point. If you're going to have two tight end sets, at some point you have to be physical. You have to set the run game up. Uh, and, and they're not doing a good job. And I, and I feel like it's one of those things, Jay, where they try to force what's just not there, right? And, and I don't care what kind of receiving core you have. At some point, you have to find rhythm. And when it's three and out and turnover and you see guys, you know, you see the pressure kind of that Brady's feeling and everybody's feeling. I mean, just look at how dejected he looks on the sideline. Like, that's not what you're used to, right? You're used to a guy coming over, hey, we're going to fix the problems. They're not doing that right now as a, as a, as a group. And I think, I think they should all share in the burden. Oh, I had Evan in my ear. Sorry. <laughs> that was our producer, Jeff. I'm sorry I had our producer in my ear, and I was trying to listen to him and listen to you at, at the same time. Let me ask you about last night, though. What did you see from Carson Wentz in that offensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles? We know, well-documented, they've had 10 different exchanges and groups and all those sort of things. They lead yeah. the league. We get all that. But what did you see from the quarterback? 
Yeah, he, he, he is not helping his own situation, right? So it, when, when you're getting sacks, that, that's offensive line. It's running backs. It's receivers running routes when they're, you know, when they're supposed to break their routes off. But there's no – I don't think Wentz is confident in the game plan being called, so he's hesitant on the throws, right? And then he's been inaccurate on, on top of that. So now he doesn't want to let it go. He's trying to protect the football and not turn it over. Y'all made the joke about Levy, you know, predict, predicting an interception – and it's true, and I think Wentz feels that. So what's he going to do? He's going to hold the ball and just eat it, right, and take sacks. So you're going to see those sack numbers go up. I think the problem, you know, that I see is everybody's like, oh, well, you know, Hurts is going to be the answer. Well, if you don't have receivers separating, you don't have a line that protects them, I'm not sure he's going to give you any more of an advantage than Carson Wentz is. It's, it's, it's one of those things that's disheartening to watch because I do think Wentz, Wentz has talent, but I think in his mind he is so locked up, and you, and you you know what I'm talking about, man. Both of you guys, like, there's a time when a competitor gets locked up in his brain. Like, he can't get out of his own way. And I, and I think you see that week after week because he wants to perform well. He just, man, he just freezes up in the moment right now, and it's just costing his team. And, and listen, when you're the dude, and I know everybody talks about, well, he's getting too much. Well, they get too much credit when they win, too, right? So they got to take all the credit when they lose. It's just one of those things, man, it's just piling on and tough to overcome. Let me, let me ask you this, Jeff. Six-time Pro Bowler, four time all pro super bowl champion espn analyst you hear me right you, you're listening clear yep <laughs> who's responsible for those lack of weapons players that are on the field is it the general manager and howie roseman or is it the development from the head coaches and position coaches because these kids that are coming out of college didn't forget how to play football overnight I could agree with you more, right? Like, I mean, I, I think, you know, again, are you going to have a, 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 a situation where guys don't produce? Sure, but but I think they're few and far between where guys just, quote, can't play, right? I mean, you, you have to develop the guys who you're bringing in your locker room. And the other part that does, Ken, you and I both know this, is that's what builds your locker room, man. It's, you know, guys getting on the field and, and excelling or having day, like that's what you, that's the building blocks. Like to try to bring guys in, that that's okay if you're just trying to band-aid an issue or trying to you know trying to kind of foster a little bit of a better roster, but you got to build it from the draft. And and when you're when you're watching this, like where are the guys? I mean, and and they made mention of they haven't drafted a Pro Bowler in you know seven years or whatever it is. Well, some of that man, there's some undrafted guys who have who have gone to Pro Bowls, right? Like you're looking at one. Like you don't always have to be like build your program from within and develop these guys. And that part is as much is as much on the staff as it is on the front office. At some point, you have to develop the guys who are in your locker and not always look to the next or we're going to draft some other guy to replace him. The guys who are there have to effectively play, and there's just nobody who they're building, and that's a tough place to be in if you're the Eagles, man, because it looks like the whole organization is just kind of out of sorts. Mm -hmm. No question about it. He glossed over it, but we should mention Jeff went from undrafted to Super Bowl champion, and the Eagles need to find some of those diamonds in the rough the way Jeff accentuated his career as a champion. The Eagles are looking for those dudes. There's no doubt about it. I don't Jeff. like Jeff no more. <laughs> Why? Because he speaks the truth. <laughs> Thank All you, right, Jeff. Jeff. You guys got a good win over UNLV last night. Congrats, man. Hey, I, hey I, you know what? I knew you'd be back talking now, dude. Don't, don't try to – that was a softball. We never talked about Carolina beating up on them Dukies football-wise a couple of weeks ago. You kind of hid in the bushes. I didn't have nothing bit. to say, now Jeff. all of a sudden basketball season's coming on. I'm getting yelled at. We got to go to break. Oh, we got to go to break. Let's go to break. Let's go to break. <laughs> 
Jeff, we'll see you next week, man. Thank you very much. On the way. Love y'all, man. Be good. Same to you. The Cubs might dump Bryant. The Bears might dump Trubisky. So let's talk to a real Chicago sports hero. In the spirit of V-Week, that's on the way next. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. No doubt about it. It is a disaster, and it's not done yet. The only ray of light you can say is that the Bears do have the Lions next, and if there is one team of the other 31 in the National Football League that oddly Mitch Trubisky has played really well against, Throughout his career, it's been the Lions. the Lions. Welcome back. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. A reminder to be part of the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. We just always want to hear your comments. We're fortunate enough to sit here with these mics and talk for four hours, but we know you're as passionate as uh, we are, and we always want to hear from you. So Kev Gourmet, Keith, oh, he's the, close Kev, to your heart. Kev, Kev Gourmet, Gourmet is the guy. Kev yeah. Gourmet. He's, he's a Chicago Bears fan. He's the one that's made a lot of bets against me. Kev, we hear you. Always a big fan of the show. Respect. All right, so how about what Kev Gourmet says today? He essentially said, look, Nagy's five weeks too late with that lame speech you might have heard hours ago. Nagy said it's about finding personal pride. It's about every coach, every player stepping up. Fire Nagy right now before he finished eating his cereal this morning, which seems apropos Jeez. for a guy that has the surname of Gourmet going with the eating reference. Very good here. Let's welcome in Mark mean. Silverman. It was mean, but... I mean, hey, you throw up. It's hardly the worst thing Nagy and Trubisky have heard this week. Key, come on, Mark Silverman, Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN One Thousand joins us uh, this yeah. morning. Mark, good morning. Uh, really quick, I mean, bottom line, I mean, how are the Bears fans reacting to Nagy's comments, which I would assume came a little too little too late here? Yeah, yeah. And, and good morning, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to join you. Keep up the great work. Look, this is this is a, a systemic problem with the Bears from the top down. You know, we could circle Nagy this morning and we can say he's missing the point. He's blaming the defense, the team that has given him win after win after win when his offense doesn't score 20 points per game. This consistently is one of the worst offenses in the National Football League for the last couple of years. Whether he brings in all of his coaches, he brings in his guy Nick Foles, it just doesn't matter, and now he's going after the defense. The defense's job wasn't a good job that he that they executed against the Green Bay Packers. But still, I think he's missing the point. But this goes above Nagy. This goes to Ryan Pace. This goes to their team president, Ted Phillips, that's been on the job for over two decades. Guys, do you know how many playoff games they've won under the current president's run? 
It's three games in 20-plus years. <laughs> this is rinse and repeat in Chicago. They'll go out, they'll hire a new GM. He'll hire a new coach. They'll draft the wrong quarterback again. <laughs> it's the one thing I've never had in my life here in Chicago, guys. I've never had a great quarterback, a franchise quarterback like some of the other teams in the National Football League. Why do you think that they, the, the Bears as an organization continue – to keep the president in his position. You know, this is a football family key that doesn't know football. And and, and Mm. George wants to win. I know if I'm winning and losing. You know if you're winning or losing. So how do you go about doing it? George McCaskey, a little history for the people outside Chicago. George, George McCaskey is Virginia McCaskey's son. There are several grandkids of George Hallis. Everyone knows George Hallis. George Hallis started the National Football League. He's an iconic figure in Chicago, an iconic head football coach who won championships in Chicago. Unfortunately, his grandkids aren't like he was, and they just don't know football. When they have to hire people, they have to hire a search firm. George wants to win, and there have been other McCaskies who have run the team, and they have not done it well. George wants to win. They've paid for Khalil Mack. They've paid. They've invested in Robert Quinn. He's just not returning the investment. They need a football president. They need a football guy who could direct him to hire the right general manager. Quick story really quick. Ryan Pace, when he drafted Mitch Trubisky, when he went out and he had to make the decision, Deshaun Watson, this accomplished kid out of Clemson, or Patrick Mahomes, the guy who put up huge numbers in college, or do I go with Mitch Trubisky? Ryan Pace went rogue. Ryan Pace did not tell many in the organization that he wanted to draft Mitch Trubisky. He did not interview Deshaun Watson one-on-one in a personal workout setting or a dinner setting. He did that with Mahomes and Trubisky. He hid this from his head coach. With a football president, there are checks and balances. He wouldn't allow the general manager to go rogue like he did. The process was flawed. When you have a flawed process, you have to have a guy above you to check on that. Ryan Pace was allowed to go rogue. He made the worst decision in sports history, passing Mahomes, passing on Watson. We're now saddled with Mitch Trubisky, who's on his way out. Matt Nagy will soon follow him, and so will Ryan Pace. Mark, we have just one minute left, and I really am. it's unfortunate that we have just one minute left. Part of the reason you're on the program today, we always love having you, uh, at the start of V-Week is you were diagnosed with stage 3 diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. It's now in remission. You told your audience about it on a Tuesday in April about the lymph nodes, the swollen lymph nodes, the neck, the groin, the blood work, the doctor, all of it, your family from Papa Bear Hallis. You're a papa of two. In the last minute we have here, your reaction to beating it back now that you're in remission and all the callers that have weighed in and all the famous people that have weighed in to wish you well. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And, and, and my listeners in Chicago, it was like getting a greeting card every single day. They would tweet me on a random Friday. I'd be in the chemo chair in the Diffuse Center at Northwestern Hospital, Lake Forest in Chicago, in the Chicago area. Um, it's an incredible journey that I'm still on and I urge people, it's like Robin Roberts, what she says in the commercials that are playing today, you never know 
when you're going to need the funds that the V Foundation has raised. For for 20 years at ESPN 1000, I've been talking about the importance of the V Foundation, and then the reflection in the mirror was me. And I benefited from all the research that's been done, and I just urge people, you never know when that reflection is going to be you. You never know when it's going to be a relative of yours. And this is vital. This is important. They do great work. Every cent goes to cancer research. And uh, I, I can't thank the V Foundation enough. Well said. Mason and Braxton need their dad. Keep fighting, man. We're back after thank this. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.